listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. First Timothy chapter 6. Charge them not to be proud. Actually, let me read from the King James. It says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trusting in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all things richly, I'm sorry, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, in that they do good, in that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. I'm going to read that again in verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world. We dealt with that Wednesday that if you're an American, this applies to you, period. It says, charge them who are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. We're not going to deal with that anymore, but we don't trust in money. We trust in God. It says, but in the living God... Who giveth us richly all things. Everybody say all things. things. To enjoy. (laughs) Glory to God. Trust not in uncertain riches, but trust in God. (laughs) I already feel the anointing. Who richly gives us all things. To enjoy. Everybody say all things. things. Say it again. Say all things. things. Say this with me. Say God gives me me all things things. richly Richly. to enjoy. Is that what the Bible says? And I even read it from the King James, the one that Paul wrote. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. The Amplified just says he richly... And he ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. For our enjoyment. He richly gives us all things. To do what with? To enjoy. (laughs) How many of you guys know, you know, with money you could go out and buy something and enjoy it for a little bit. But the Bible says that it's God who gives us. All things richly to enjoy. And I'll just say this. Even if you did go out and buy something and you're enjoying it, you should thank God for it. Because who provided the money, honey? The bread, Fred, the dojo. It came from the Lord. We should be thankful for everything that God has put in our life. Can you say amen? Amen. Why? Because he has given us all things. He has given us everything so that we can enjoy. What a good God. You know, the Bible says that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you would have an abundant life. One translation says, I've come that you may have life, have it in abundance. I looked up that word abundance in the Greek. It wasn't talking about spiritual abundance. It was talking about a life filled to the full. Hallelujah. One translation says may have life in its richest, experience life in its richest measure. Hallelujah. Now we could go over to the book of Colossians. Amen. 
I mean, we might as well just do that right now, seeing as we're talking about the subject, seeing as, you know, just go ahead and, and do it. Colossians chapter 1. It says in Colossians 1 and verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord Jesus and pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Who wants to be fruitful in every good work? I want to be fruitful in all of them. That means I want to be fruitful. Yeah, we talked about giving, but I want to be fruitful in leading people to Christ, preaching the gospel. I want to be fruitful in laying hands on the sick. That's a good work. Hello. I want to be fruitful in you know, ministering deliverance. I want to be fruitful in everything the Bible tells me to do. I mean, why do people seek, well, Lord, what, what's your will for my life? They want, like, the specific plan for their life. They want the unknown will of God for their life, but they're not even doing the known will of God, the written will of God for their life. Why would you ask God for any more than he's given you when you're not even doing what he's given you? Why would you ask God for more when you're not even doing what he's already told you to do? Which last I checked, he said, every believer go out and win souls. Hello. He, he said, every believer lay hands on the sick. He said, every believer cast devils out, which there's a lot of them. He says that you would, be, you would abound or be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know what that tells me? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Where you're at now is not where you're going to be a week from now or a month from now or a year from now. God wants to increase your knowledge. Don't sit there like you think you're some theologian thinking you know everything. When I graduated Bible school, I had a degree in theology. It was the only time in my life where I knew everything. It was the only time. That when I was like a teenager, I knew everything too. But when I graduated Bible school with my little piddly bachelor's degree, you couldn't tell me anything because I knew everything. Amen. I had all the answers. I was the answer man. Now I have all the questions. <laughs> and uh, I have more questions than answers. And that's fine. Because you find the more you learn about God and his word, the less you really know. And the more you just got to trust him. So you can sit there thinking you know everything, but God will come and just turn your theology upside down. Who's ever had that happen? Don't get stuck in a rut. Don't get stuck in a theological ditch. I don't know about that tongue stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you don't know about. That's fine. Well, you'll increase in the knowledge of him. We'll make a Pentecostal out of you yet. Amen. <laughs> Amen, or whatever. There's two ditches to every side of every road. Who knows that? Some people are on one side of a ditch where they don't believe in anything. They don't believe God heals today. Or if he does heal, only a few people. They don't believe in casting devils out. They don't believe in tongues. They don't believe in prosperity. They don't, they don't believe in anything. What do you believe? Come to church? Sit there like you're getting a tooth extracted from you? That's the extent. It's sad. It's really sad. I've been there. I know what that's like. It's horrible. No life. It's called religion. It's called the Phariseeism. Pharisees were after the life of Christ. The religious spirit today is after the life of Christ and people. They see someone happy serving God. They go after it. Anyway, so there's the ditch of not believing in something at all. Then there's the ditch of going too far to where there's an extreme. Hello. How many of you guys know there's a balance? There's a middle ground of the word of God that we can walk in. Yeah, right? So you want to increase in your knowledge of God, I want you to increase in the knowledge in, in every realm. And it says, strengthened with all might 
according to his glorious power, with all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, who's thankful for that. Amen. You've been delivered out of the authority of darkness. That word power is the word authority. The devil has no authority over you. He has no right to touch you. Even your sin is none of his business. Because he's not your father. Amen. You have nothing to do with him. It's between you and the Lord, and the Lord will forgive and wash you. So don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that he has a right to do something in your life. You say, just get out of here in the name of Jesus. And if there is an open door, close it. Amen. Who's with me? Amen. So you've, you've been delivered. The devil has no right to touch you. Because you've been brought out of his kingdom. And you have been brought into, translated into, the Bible says, which means instant. You have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Who's thankful for that? You're in a new kingdom. Yeah. Hallelujah. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So, you know, there comes a point, guys, in your walk with God where you've got to stop wearing the sin tag. Are you with me? And stop beating yourself up over the, your, over the head. Over something you did 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 1 year ago, 12 months, whatever. you got to get to this point where, where you're forgiven, hello, and you know you're forgiven. Amen. And you, you, you came through that thing and the guilt's gone and praise God, I'm forgiven. And, you know, when you're saved, it doesn't mean you won't make any mistakes, but you will make less of them. Amen? Amen. And so you learn, you grow, and you're forgiven. Hello. You walk around talking about, I'm just a sinner. I sin every single day. I sin all the time. I mean, I wake up, I was born in sin. I just, I'm, I'm the chief sinner. I'm the number one sinner. I'm, I'm actually a mascot for sinners. I mean, I just, I have a, I have a t-shirt that says, I'm just a sinner. Saved by grace. No, you were a sinner. A sinner is somebody who practices sin as a way of life. Let's define what that is. Amen. We can go into Ephesians, by which you once walk like that. You don't walk like that anymore. We don't have sinners in here. We have redeemed people. You were a sinner. Now you're saved by grace. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner saved. Oh, my goodness. I, I, this is a whole other sermon. I didn't, I'm not trying to go here, but seeing as we're here. You're not a saved sinner. You're a new creature in Christ. Old thing. No wonder the church is in a wreck. Have every adultery going on and sin in the church because people haven't got the revelation that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Paul said, I focus all my energy on this. I forget the things that are behind me and I look forward to what's ahead. Come on. You got to get that if you want to live victorious. Because the Bible says the devil's the accuser of the brethren. A lot of believers walking around with a sin conscience. They walk around with that old corpse of that person they used to be. That old person died when you got saved. Buried in baptism. You were raised to a new life. Amen. It's time to take off that old garment of sin. It's time to put on clothes of righteousness. Amen. So it says, well, what do I do if I make a mistake or have a transgression? You go to the Father and you ask for forgiveness and he is faithful to forgive you. And then it says, and wash you from all unrighteousness. So then you get washed. The blood of Jesus, it washes. That's why we take communion every month. We, there's power in the blood. 
and it washes you clean. There's no trace, no record of it. So when the devil comes to remind you, you just say, you're a liar and your breath stinks. Get out of here. You, you, just, you just tell the devil, I heard the lake of fire is getting real hot. You know they're heating it up for you. He won't last long. He'll go away. You are redeemed now. That word, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. It, if you study that word, the, the new creature, it literally means in the Greek, something that has never existed before. Oh, my goodness. New creature, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That word new creature means this has never existed before, and now it does, and that's who you are. So you're not a saved sinner. The sinner died. (laughs) That person died, and now you're new in Christ. Anyway, that's a whole nother. But I feel the need to really always emphasize that because it's so important that you get that. Because religion puts a heavy burden on people. Religion says, you you just come back to church. They they put a guilt trip on people. And and it's all to keep them bound so they come, extract an offering from them, and just keep you in the system where you appease your conscience. You you come to church and you feel good like you did your duty. But come on, there's a life. There is an abundant life for you to live. This thing goes into your Mondays and your Tuesdays. And and it affects you. Your life with God should affect everything around you, your business, your workplace, your, your whole environment, your kids, your, your, your marriage, your household. Your, it should affect everything. Now look at this, because we're talking about... <laughs> it's all so good, I just want to preach off all of it. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so in this place. Come on. Hallelujah. Even the forgiveness of sins, who is the, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him all things were created. Everyone say all things. All things. For by him, who? Jesus. By Jesus were all things created. Now we just read earlier, God gives us all things to richly enjoy. Now look at this. It says by him were all things created. So God created all things, why? For himself and for you. You think, the de- you think God created everything that's on the earth for the devil and his crown? You think, the de- you think God put the gold here and the silver here? You think God allowed this technology on the earth that we have today from the aircrafts to the, I mean, the crazy stuff people are making right now. I mean, the, the cell phones and internet. You think all that was put here so that the devil could use it? Or do you think that that is here for some end time technology so that we can get the gospel out? It is supposed to be used for the church. Just a thought. For, for by Jesus were all things created. All things. That chair you're sitting on. Guess who created that? God created the substance. It took man to kind of have the wisdom to put it all together. But it, you're sitting there by virtue of creation. God created it. For by him were all things created. Verse 16. That are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. For he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, 
and that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. Now go to Mark 11. This is where we'll land. I'm going to give you something, and then we'll pray. Mark 11, everyone say all things. So we just read in Colossians that all things were created by him and all things were created for him. I said all things were created by him. All things were created for him. We talked a lot about that Wednesday night. The Lord actually gave me the revelation then. But I'm sharing another part here in Mark 11. All things, everyone say all things. Let me ask you, who's believing God to do some things? I mean, who's believing God for some things? What do, you, what do you pray about anyway? When you go to pray, what do you pray about? Things. So we read in Timothy. I'm not going to take long here. I'm wrapping up. Not that it needs wrapping. We read in Timothy that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. So let me ask you, is that house you're believing for, is that a thing? Someone tell me. Talk to me. Is the car you're believing for, is that a thing? But what are you believing God for? We talked at the beginning of this month, if we pray anything according to the will of God, listen to me now, if we pray anything according to the will of God, we know he hears us. We talked about God doesn't hear all prayers. Huh? He should have been here. We talked all about it. There are some prayers that God detests. There are some prayers that God can't stand. But the Bible says, so says, well, I don't ever want to pray like that. Who, who never wants to pray a prayer that God detests yeah me either but we know in the book of first john it says that we know that if we pray anything according to the will of god we know he hears us so we can know he hears us if we are praying according to the will of god but that's always the big question is it god's will to heal is it god's will to for me to have a, a desire of my heart? Is it God's will for me to have that house or whatever? And you know, you, 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 that's the question. That's what we're dealing with. He gives us all things richly to enjoy. Is that right? Where is the will of God found? It's found in his word. So I, I've been telling you this this whole month. Because don't think, okay, well, if that's true, I'll just go out and pray for something crazy now. No, listen to me. You can, and we're going to see, you can, you can pray and ask God for anything. When it's based on his word. Whatever it is, you must have scripture to take before the Lord when you pray. Because it's only when you pray according to his will that he hears you. Where is his will? It's in his word. Left you a big, big Bible. Amen. And, and someone says, well, I'm believing for a house. Is it God's will for me to have a house? You, you can, look, I'm not going to do your work for you. Amen. I do enough. <laughs> I labor in the word. But you can go read Deuteronomy 18. It talks about you, you, will, you will have goodly homes. The Lord will give you a goodly home. Find scriptures about home and, homes and stand on that word. Is this making sense? Amen. So it says, if, it says if we pray according to his will, we know he hears us. And if he hears us, only if he hears you, then we know we have what we've asked. 
Did you find Mark 11? In verse 22, Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. In verse 23, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, Jesus speaking, what things soever you desire, when you pray, do what? Believe you've received them and you might have them. Believe you've received them and you shall have them. Shall have what? Things. What do you pray about? Things. Things to happen. Things to change. You pray about things. Isn't that right? Now backing up one verse. Jesus. Now this is in red and it needs to be read. For verily I say unto you that whosoever. Do I have any whosoever's here this morning? Amen. He says, whosoever shall say, unto this, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Look how many times he says say. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, there's one, but shall, shall, you know, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, there's number two, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever things he saith. He talks about what you say. Now, now we're talking about prayer. Jesus talked about what you saved three times. He talked about what you believed one time. And I get around believers a lot of time, and I know they're believing for big things, and they're praying for big things, and they're, they're praying that God would do something. They're praying that God would move. They're praying things would happen. They're praying things would change. They're th- praying that things would come in. They're, they're praying for things, and they're believing God for things. But then by their words, neutralize their prayer. Who knows what I'm talking about? And it's almost like, you know, we we read Wednesday in James that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let that person think he will receive anything from the Lord. Hello. And so you get around a lot of believers and they're praying and they're asking God for something and one minute, oh, praise God, and they're, they're throwing scriptures and they're praying and they're believing God. They believe he will. They believe he, he's a rewarder. But then through their words, they, they begin to neutralize because Jesus in this passage talking about prayer, he talked three times about what you say, what you say, what you say. And he talked one time about what you believe. Now you get into some circles in the, in the Christian world, they talk about what you believe, what you believe, what you believe, what you believe, what you believe. And no one talks about actually what you say. But the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Your tongue holds the power of life and death. And God said in Deuteronomy, before, behold, I've set before you life and death, blessing or cursing. So you choose life so that you may live. You have the choice of choosing life and speaking life. 
Some people, their tongue needs to get in alignment with what they're believing God for. Are you with me? Some people, they, they need to get their, their, they need to watch their mouth. Hallelujah. Because they begin to speak in the opposite direction of what they're, so, so it's almost like they're being pulled two separate ways. And so the Lord has a hold of their heart, but the devil has a hold of their tongue. So even though they're praying, even though they're believing, they could have been believing for years. No, I'll give you an example. You know, you see people, they're seeking the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and they, they want that evidence of speaking with tongues, and they begin to seek God for it. But then they, they, they say, I don't know why, I just can't get it. Jesus said, whosoever shall have whatsoever. But one time he talked about what you believe. Most Christians get it right in their believing. Most Christians, and even in their praying. They, you know, especially in this church, we taught you how to pray. Who knows how to pray? Amen? And so people get it right in that realm. But Jesus said, talk three times about what you say, one time about what you believe. Normally when the believers get it wrong and what they're believing God for and that breakthrough that, that is due unto them and that, that, that they're believing God for is, it is in their speaking and it is in their words. Because Jesus said, you say to the mountain, be removed. This isn't just a cute scripture that you post on your wall. This is doctrine. This is Bible. This is Jesus sharing with us a spiritual principle. He is telling us exactly how to remove mountains. Yeah, you believe it, but you need to speak it out. Hallelujah. And then don't neutralize your prayer with your words. I mean, the prayer goes up and then... You shoot it down with your mouth. Yes. Hello. Yes. Someone says, well, how do I fix that? You replace your speaking with the word of God, and you begin to speak what heaven says. The word of God covers every area of our life. Yes. And so that's where meditating on Scripture comes in, and replacing the way you speak with, with Scripture and with the word of God. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m., for additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash therivercoshocton. Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I want to pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, 
I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.